Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, continuing our series, we talked to Sean the the other day. Uh, Him and I had a sit down, and now we have Tim on. Welcome, Tim. Chris, how you doing? Not bad. So Tim Montgomery here. Uh, and Christopher Gorog, both of us have been hosting New Cyber Frontier for some time, um, along with some of the other hosts that have augmented throughout the years, right? But um, yeah, we're going to talk to you, just start this new series of just kind of having us, what we've heard from you. Uh, We've been listening for a while. We've been talking to a lot of you. And... um, we, we've heard it a little bit, and uh, we want to kind of expound on that and see if we can get some more dialogue around what it is that uh, the industry is doing. So, Tim, thanks for joining today. Um, looking at, uh, you know, kind of our kind of list of what have we heard from everybody. Um, what are your thoughts? What's the biggest thing you think you've heard multiple guests come on and say? Uh, well, it, it has to do with around the um, security value of what a breach brings. I think the majority of individuals, we talk all about vulnerability and how um, even the most simplest of problems, if you look at OS, the OWASP type 10, you still got the same variables there uh, for millennial now, seems like forever. So I, I think the the type of topics that we've we've heard is the industry's not... It's not trending to uh, better um, best practices, even though there's best practices out there. So there's some conflict with that because it seems like the um, vulnerabilities that are being assessed are the same type of vulnerabilities always. So a lot of this is probably going around the dynamics of applications, um, the building of how applications impact, uh, you know, the interface to the Internet um, and the different information and data, um, especially in companies and in the public. So I think we're... Yeah, and I, you know, I think I've heard a lot of that, and I, Sean and I talked about this the other day, but companies are implementing security on something in motion. They already have a business that's been going on before they started thinking about how to secure it. And yeah. I think what you just said is exactly that. It's, well, how do I recover if I have an attack? How, what, what do I do? Starting yeah. to pick up the pieces, maybe even hiring somebody to think about security for the first time. Yeah, and then a lot of times, um, at least in my own experiences, as long as well as listening to the other guys when we become on this show, um, it just seems like the it's the same type of trending. So you hire, and you, I guess the expectation from the company sounds a certain way when you get hired, and then um, it seems to multiply into other things, and they just seem seems like one person should be able to do it all when the reality of, of the scope of security when they're asking changes on a daily basis. So organizations seem to, to find themselves in a pickle when it comes to those things and smaller businesses don't have that type of money uh, larger businesses probably would have that type of money 
So this is why where the cloud stuff starts to play roles, right, Chris? Yeah. So you know, I think probably that what what characterizes that is that you know the companies are just trying to stay alive. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, no doubt, and it, it seems to cost it seems to cost a lot of something with lack less resources than they could use, yeah. less people, or from the ground up, or yeah. after the fact. You know, what do we what do we do just to just to keep business going? So it's a secondary focus and you know, somebody needs to fix it when there's a problem. Yeah. A lot of times it is a secondary focus. So you get yeah, it ends up coming into something like that. And then the reality starts to hit and it doesn't seem like uh, it was understood what the you know, the real scope of it becomes. So I know with the discussions in most boards that uh, at least been a part of as a security person, it seems like they just didn't realize what the reality is. So they were looking for one place to go and kind of fix it all. But th that is not the way the posture of security works. So I think in our, in the people that we've had on the show, they've trained that direction a lot of times. So, yeah, well, let's uh, take a break here from our sponsor for right back. But I, I wanted to elaborate on that because I think, that is a common theme that we heard across the board and uh you know maybe some some thoughts that we have on solutions or just you know expounding on what what that looks like some more what we've heard from you i'll be right back BlockFrame technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, our Just Talking episode uh, with myself, Christopher Gorog, and Tim Montgomery, who also has been hosting New Cyber Frontier shows for several years here. Um, before the break, we were talking about, you know, just staying alive and the corporate mentality and the difference between expectations. I think that, you know, we have so often had uh, the security expert or the business person that focuses on security in a in a, in a company uh, within an organization and they would like it to be a primary focus but the organization probably has a different view and uh, that contrast do you think it's ever really going to change do you think an organization from the top down is ever going to say this is now a primary focus you know i I, I think the, the role of the chief information security officer has come a long way over the last, say, 25 plus years. So I could see hope for that still, because <laughs> a lot of times companies don't hire. They won't, they won't have the ability to hire the chief information security officer or someone that represents security at the table, right, to make, help make funding decisions, stuff like that. So, so it becomes a, a, a part of every decision and you have someone to speak to it. Um, and therefore, when solutions begin you are incorporating security as you go uh, but not it doesn't it, organizations don't hire those perspectives 
in a lot of ways. And smaller companies have harder times too. Um, but I see that it's becoming more and more relevant. You know, it was like the CIO for a long time. The IT person uh, never had a seat at the table, let's say. But now that's that's changed everything. The dynamics has really changed. So I think there's a progression to it, but it's, it's a slow uptake, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think you're, you're, you're probably right. You have a good perspective. You work in a security environment all the time. I would yeah. say that, you know, I, I work in more of, you know, the startup environment looking at developing and and talking to those organizations about you know what what things are coming down the road or what could be done if if an ideal future and so often you know you still hear that you know okay well that's nice to have but spending will decide we'll decide on that later but i think that that you know what i see coming in 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 a lot of cases and not everywhere is the differentiation on security um, products, companies, services are starting to say, how can we include it in the business model? So it's not just an expense line item that this CSO is coming to the table and saying you need to spend on, but it's mm -hmm. something that says, we're going to add it in our marketing and say, we do this better than our competition. We're more secure. We handle the privacy differently or better. And that differentiates us. No, you're right. There's a lot of factors when it comes to this idea. So, so I mean, in applications, that's kind of trended too. So, in the IT world, uh, the way the dynamics of uh, you know development and just the chore development over a long period of time for small to large companies and corporations have definitely trended to a more um, uh, agile. That's a good buzzword, right? So. Um, different types of buzzwords we refer to. Um, and in that method, things uh, produce faster, but then you've got to have this type of uh, aptitude to understand the security, the, the process of security through that same value. So, yeah, so things have trend trended in IT, and I just think that security is evolving with it, but I, I don't know if it could be, it should be more of a focus. Uh, it's just not there yet. So I think we're, you know, little bits and pieces here and there, but it seems like, there's a, there's important values to it. So, and so I think making that that focus, like a lot of the things that are looking at with technology coming down the pipe, and like once again from my look as a as a startup and what is going to be around in the future, is you know mm -hmm. the the positive control and management of data. And you know I'm going to treat my data like a library, and I'm going to check it in, check it out. You know control yeah. that carefully right, right. instead of right, just right. Cool. collecting it putting into a, a repository and then saying how do i secure that repository let me make the defined method of controlling it and sell that now promote that in my products that we're more advanced we can do this next generation kind of products of the future and uh you know that's looking at ways of getting ahead good yeah. yeah so you think that the i mean i know in organizations it's a good question. The cultural value that comes into play about security. Um, I know when I first started in security, it seemed like it was a opposing factor uh, when the IT um, components would have to uh, create infrastructure, emerge infrastructure, uh, legacy systems and things of that nature. And then we had to impose these uh, so-called controls onto it. Um, and that seemed to deflect a lot of the abilities, it seemed like. So it always be met with hesitation or some kind of, 
you know, them saying, oh, there's the security guy. I, I think things have transitioned more into and an, uh, opening uh, them being more open to the security guy. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Have you ever ran down those lanes? You know, I think you're, you're, you're right there. There's, there's been a progression, I think, an, an improvement in the area of fighting the accidental, I guess I would call it, the accidental action, the, the unaware user, the uninformed, the unknown things that are happening because we have focused so much and brought up so much awareness. I think the average employee, you know, they're there at the board level or the, the base, you know, just, just individual contributor, is starting to think more in terms of security. They're aware that they get a link coming in. They don't just click on everything that comes in the email anymore. And I think yeah. that's a big change, even though there's just as many compromises, there's a lot more awareness to, oh, I could cause that or I have caused it. And that accidental nature is is is, is being, we'll say, improved upon, whether it's there or not. But I think that has been something we've seen change. Yeah, and I think there's a trend of training for your beginner, um, those that are not quite IT savvy, to uh, understand information inside their organizations. So I think that's trended. There's been an uptick for that um, drastically. So been a lot of those uh, classic uh, trainings like what's phishing, what does this mean, how do you know? Uh, a lot of information are the biggest, one of the biggest vulnerabilities a lot of times is putting links inside of emails tricking you into believing something and clicking on something. So um, I think there's a lot of uptick for the training there. So that's trended. And it, that also brings in buzzwords for people that don't know anything about IT. So there you go. I mean, they start to know what you mean. And when you mention something, it kind of sticks with them. Oh, I know what that means. That type of stuff starts to go into play. Yeah, you know, I think I've heard though the progression over time. You know, talk having people come on the show is that they're saying this has probably happened because of a generational awareness that's occurring. We're getting these same attacks come into our personal email. We're losing stuff at home. We're hearing our friends get their identities compromised. We heard mm -hmm. of our neighbor that got scammed directly at home. It didn't happen at work, and we're kind of just a, a, a technological society awareness. And you know, especially see this in the younger, the younger generation. They're coming to work. They they get this. Um, at least they know they have to address it. Whether they're they're savvy enough to, you know, not ever have a problem. They they're aware to, to that it needs to be addressed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The society starts to promote the technologies, everyday life, um, trends, use of the technology. So, yeah, bringing in, they're more familiar with it now than ever. So. I'm sure that has something to do with how security has evolved in being more of a premise, more focused. So, yeah, I think though that it, you know the the other thing that I've heard a lot of, and it's still kind of the, the bounce off that that you know that's that's evolved. But everybody, most people, either on the the companies looking for it or the companies trying to create it, are still looking for that turnkey solution. You hear yeah, that right. so much that. Yeah, just give me something you could sell me that does it. Yeah, go on with it, and this thing will run in the background, right? Yeah, and I think that it's almost a myth, but um, that, you know, as we were talking before, that, you know, the culture has to come up to par, but will it ever be at the point where somebody sells the, the security solution? I don't, I don't think so. I think there's many, there's multiple factors to the security 
posture. So there's going to be having to combine multiple solutions to solve the problems. So, I mean, think about not just the cultural piece, also the familiarity of actually having to, to cost it. Um, so that has to be a prominent piece of understanding. Got to be important when you start jotting down your list about what you got to buy for your business. That's got to be a part of it. So, I mean, those are other factors in, on top of your turnkey solutions. You know, one turnkey solution more than likely will not do the trick. However, that's it becomes costly. So let's take a break here from our sponsor. We're right back. I want to elaborate more on, you know, what we've heard and, uh, you know, picking up kind of off that. Are people looking for the turnkey solution? Will they find it? Be right back. BlockFrame technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, Tim Montgomery, Christopher Gorov, myself, uh, as you've heard from us for the last couple of years. Now we're just kind of expounding coming together, what have we heard from you? What have we heard from our guests? Um, and we were talking for the break, how there's so much you know, interest in looking at the turnkey solution. Does it exist? Where can I get it? And I think, you know, in light of, I can't find it. So let me just find the biggest company that can come in, the biggest name that's gonna say, I can say I did my best because nobody ever gets fired for hiring Big Blue, right? And yeah. You know, if they're not handling it, then I'm still okay because I tried the best. What, what do you think about that that approach? I think I hear that so much as well. Yeah, I know. I, I think um, it's not a one and done type of scenario. I think you know as well as I that throughout the year you've got events, and then that's not even the surprises like the vulnerabilities, like that, like ransomware just prop up on you, and what do you do to react to it? Like a response plan um incident response actions but you also have activities like the monitoring continuous monitoring factors so i don't know how you can uh, just buy something and think that's going to just take care of it all um there's a lot of different factors and i believe a lot of companies they have their own expertise in the field of cybersecurity and security in general for it so they're all going to be very good at something um it's just there's so many um facets so many categories the cybersecurity has to it for skill sets um you know 23 to 43 different titles there and so each one of them have their own expertise and can possibly take full-time a full fte i mean you can have a person who's full-time for each one of these if you really want to look at it um so i don't think one solution one turnkey really does the trick i think there's an evaluation process i think some do better than others so they fit corporations mid-size small uh, large they're going to fit different types of, of those organic uh, sizes. So, you know, one size, yeah, if, if you picked out the corporation that seemed to be the top 10, if you, let's say we Googled it, um, 
it may not be it's going to cost you it's the same thing with let's take uh, network equipment i mean think about firewalls you're not going to go get a giant robust firewall if you only have two computers and one server um, that's not going to fit your bill. It's going to be costly. So you wouldn't do that in a, in a turnkey solution either, I would assume. So you're going to evaluate these things. So, I mean, it's just, it's that cultural factor, I think. It's like you don't want to think about it, but you don't understand it. I think we got a good, um, kind of, we'll say a scolding on, on that mentality when we all bought into, you know, well, not all of us, but, you know, a big part of the, the culture for security bought into big companies like SolarWinds. Yeah, yeah, and yeah it's like limping. whoa, we don't realize that we're all spending on big blue, thinking that we're all safe because we're just doing the best we can. But yet everybody's done it now, so if something does happen to that that one big resource, we're all in the world of hurts. Oh yeah, that's yeah, single point simple. of failure type of thing. Yeah, it does become a, a narrow lane for failure. Um, it becomes a a, a, a giant catastrophe in a lot of rights too so if you take down something that was dependent on it um just like the dod dependencies that it had on it um i mean agencies were scrambling for months almost for that particular piece of it especially the solar winds doing what happened and uh, it doesn't mean something alluded to it but it sure took a lot of manpower to figure out how to to remove and solve so that that's another factor about turnkey solutions what happens when you get this um I guess you can call it where it's all in one inclusive and then um, kind of creates a monopoly per se. Um, and then if that something happens to that, it was the same reason why, um, like in your, like it goes back to firewall, Cisco equipment you know, or Juniper equipment used the front, but they would never use the same type of model uh, in the middle of your networks um, just because the vulnerabilities would be comparably different. So you would want to solve issues you would never want to have the same thing. So if one one end up at, with a vulnerability, you wouldn't want having the same model, same name, same um, the same piece of equipment throughout your network um, because now the vulnerability would match up with all of them. So it's just those factors that come into play. So it's certainly something you got to deep have a deep dive and a knowledge of, and that's why the expertise for cybersecurity is required. So I mean, yeah. So it seems like, a, you know, though, in general, we heard just so many people say we're chasing the simplest problems. We're chasing okay. continuous spending. All of our our experts are chasing everybody getting the wrong get, you know, passwords or something simple with user accounts or or, you know, if I, I, I got to the point where if I heard one more person come on and talk about how to make a complex password, I was going to just shut off the, the, the recording and leave. I just got so tired of hearing, oh, we need to work on our passwords. We need to talk to our people and train them on passwords. Uh, you know, and, and I think, uh, yeah, there's so many, so many people solving those simple problems. Yeah, and you would think after a while that people would know and understand it's still the cultural factor comes into play. Um, writing your password down is still a thing. Um, I mean, in today, let's look at it. Um, how many applications do you log into personally on a given basis for everything? Amazon account, bank account. I mean, you could probably name off about 50 of them probably just thinking through it. I have a, a I use a I use a password vault and I have yeah, I over 220. 
I didn't say that about that much. <laughs> line items. You know, that, and that's, that's kind of, you know, I haven't heard that as much lately, I think, because, and this is almost in, in a lot of ways just as dangerous, that everybody's gone to the password vaults, right? Or yeah. the the thing I have and and um, the thing I know, so be, has all become the thing I have. We all yeah. have one password vault. We all have one phone. And the, the multi-factor authentication now goes through our phones. It's actually, and most of us wouldn't think about that. I would tell a story, actually. I was over in uh, Saudi Arabia this year, and I lost my phone. Yeah. And I realized I lost my phone on the plane leaving the airport, and I knew it was back at that airport. Yeah. I couldn't do anything for two hours till I hit the ground. And then, then it started, okay? I don't have my phone. I have my computer. Let me find a network. Let me log on to something to try to log on to my phone account to shut that thing off, right? They two-factored yeah, me. They two-factored me to the phone that I had lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, let me try to go another route. Let me call somebody. Now I need a number. I don't have the number to call them because it's in my phone I lost. So I'm looking online. I'm like, okay, let me log on to another account. And I got two-factored as soon as I logged on to another account. And I realized yeah. I can't even get to my accounts in the U.S. because they're connected now. And somehow when one of them two-factors, it cascades and they all seem to be able to connect to this and know it. That whoever it was that could would have had my phone, that could have logged onto it in some way, could have proved they were me for literally like 20 hours before I got back to the States and was able to walk into a cell phone store and get a new SIM card and a new phone to restart the process of becoming me again. Yeah. So there, there's flaws with that whole multi-factor authentication process. The other thing is I noticed with iPhones... And uh, just recently, our family had trended to all iPhones. Well, you notice when you have a problem with one iPhone, as long as you have another iProduct, <laughs> Apple product, it's simple to, to really get your password changed if you don't know it and then be able to get your phone back. But you have to have multiple devices, more than one device. So let's say you're a person that's not sitting around with a, a whole lot of people with iPhones or you didn't connect. So you you got to have another device. So hence now starts the product counting of how many devices should you have because you need to have something that backs up the other one now. That's how we have the emails too. Like every time my, my son has accounts, every time he multi-factors or tries to get into them, they yeah. send me emails. So you get this yeah. cascading type of approach. Yep. Everything's yep. connected. Um, Authentication, like my Android. If I if I lose it, like you said, authentication, it, you have to blow it away and recreate it all together for all those things that you had your authenticator on. So it's it's a massive blow to lose a phone, and it's and that's how crazy it's become with the whole multi factor idea. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know how but, how much I I after that experience, I, I you realize how much we're connected to the hip to that phone. Yeah, that's. 
I don't like that at all myself. So yeah, in in our in our protective mindset, we thought, oh yeah, my one account multi-factors. It has another way to get into your phone. But then you don't realize that the sheer magnitude of my two hundred accounts are all connected to one device. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, it becomes a very complex um, uh, situation a lot of times with something like that to occur. One point of failure, literally, right? That's literally what we're talking about here uh, for a multi-factor authentication. I would but, say a uh, single point of, of um, what's the word for it? When you're locked out falsely, um, so false, false negative on your your log, your oh, your authentication. But yeah. it's it's everywhere now. It used to be okay if I had if I had had this happen in another country, I can still do my banking. My banking was shut down because I had. Two factor failed for my my AT and T account. Yeah. Uh, these things are they're connected. I don't know how and where in the back end they're connected, but it was definitely something that um, I had never thought about until it happened. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so it, it's an ongoing effort for multi factor authentication processes, but it certainly is driven. Seems like it's driven pretty far in our culture. That seems to be. Uh, not just an annoyance or nuisance, but al almost hindersome if one thing does occur, one point of failure goes away. So I don't think that's truly the answer, but it's the one we have to live with right now. So the direction we're going right now, and I'd love to hear anybody has a comment on that. Um, what do you think of the, the multi-factor authentication and the trend of everybody having that one point of failure? Where does it go? Does it... Is it all just good? I mean, we're all happy with it, are we? I'd like to know what people think about that one. Um, I'm not so much so. I had it was something I just never thought of until it happened. But then the, yeah. the sheer magnitude of problems that it created for me. Luckily for me, I was heading back to the United States, and I was in within 20 hours. I was on the ground, and I immediately drove to a, a mobile phone store. Had I yeah. just got over on vacation? different story i don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. what there was so many things that were shut down that i would have not been able to resolve um yeah. it was definitely something that's if you haven't thought about this i don't know a way around it right now everybody's all the different accounts are forcing you to factor do you get a second phone i actually have two phones now one that i use international uh when i travel yeah. just to now alleviate and have this second kind of uh pinch point we'll say i don't know what they call it other than that yeah that's definitely true i've got an iphone and an android now so I don't know what to say about that. It's just right now that's the way it works. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, l thanks for joining today. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these, and uh, you know, especially this this direction on on where we're going with the our our yeah. commonality, our MFA, our phones, our single point of failure, our um, what we've done to resolve having our millions of passwords, and what does that look like for the future? Give us your thoughts. Yeah, no All right. Thanks for joining. Thanks for talking today, Tim. You guys have yeah, a great day. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. 
Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.